Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. scripture that says that Jesus is the bread of life, meaning there is sustenance that we need, spiritual sustenance that we need in life that goes beyond the natural. And the Word of God says, first scripture, um, John 6.35 says, I am the bread of life. There's a hunger in humanity for meaning and purpose for living. But we got to get back to God. we got to get back to Jesus and what He's done for us. Why do we got to get back to Jesus? Because He'll get us back to God. Through the cross, we get back to God. There's no other way. Even Oprah, she's been watching the series, the Bible series in America, which is absolutely rocking the whole nation of America, the new series. Do you know the series? Mark Bennett. Burnett, is it? Yeah. Survivor, the apprentice, producer, he marries. Who knows um, the angel? What's the, 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 the series name? Uh, Touched by an Angel, the 80s Christian series. Julie's addicted to that program, by the way. It's the only thing she ever watches. It's a series from the 80s one-hour show, and in that show is a beautiful Scottish girl, a full-blown, born-again, Irish, Irish full-blown, born-again, Irish, Catholic. Catholic, Christian, beautiful uh, woman. She's married Mark. She got an idea and said to Mark, do you know what? I think we could make a movie or a series about the story of the Bible and Jesus and he said, impossible, it just won't work, can't get the money for it, it's just too elaborate, we won't be able to budget, it won't happen. He rode off on his bike, he came back and said, you know what, God just spoke to me, we're going to do it. They made it, and it finished up, I think, on, on it finishes up today with, with Jesus as risen, but um, Oprah's been watching it. And 10-part series, 10 hours it goes for, it will be released in April through Kurong and other such outlets. And Oprah's been watching, and all the movie stars have been watching and being gobsmacked of the depiction and the illustration and the amazingness of all that talent showing the story afresh again. And people are going, oh my God, Oprah's going, maybe not all roads do lead to God. Maybe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Maybe I need to reevaluate some of my little pet sayings and maybe need to maybe adjust my life. It's amazing. I love it. Colossians 1.16, a couple of scripture. For everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in Him and finds its purpose in Him. His purpose is far greater than your wildest dreams, than any other pursuits, any other career pursuits, any other achievements in life. His purpose, His plan for your life is ultimately sits very well with your soul. Once you engage that 
And you, you don't have to be a missionary to Africa like Garth and Jamie, but you certainly can be real about your engagement to God, support Him, support His church, support the cause of Christ, giving and worshipping and loving God and, 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 and testifying to Him is all about being real for God. When you do that, your true purpose will materialize and you will find your life truly fulfilled. Even if it's standing at the door greeting people, even if it's making coffee, even if it's playing the tambourine, even if it's playing bass, hello, cello, you know what I mean? It's, it will be absolutely amazing, your life. You can live by speculation or you can live by revelation. Say speculation. Say revelation. It all starts with God. 1 Corinthians 2, 6 to 10, I think it's in the message, we of course have plenty of wisdom to pass on to you once you get your feet on firm spiritual ground, but it's not popular wisdom, the fashionable wisdom of high price experts that will be out of date in a year or so. God's wisdom is something mysterious that goes deep into the interior of his purposes. You don't find it lying around on the surface. It's not the latest message but more like the oldest, what God determined as the way to bring out His best in us long before we ever arrived on the scene. The experts of our day haven't a clue about what this eternal plan is. If they had, they wouldn't have killed the master of the God-designed life on a cross. That's why we have the scripture text that says, no one's ever seen or heard anything like this, never so much as imagined anything quite like it, what God has arranged for those who love him. But you've seen it and you've heard it because God by his spirit, which is here right now, the power of his Holy Spirit, when he was crucified on the cross, when he gave up his spirit to the Father and he died and said, it is finished, the temple curtain, and I will keep saying this until people get it, that four-inch curtain, 20-foot high, 40-foot wide, that separated the presence of God, the Shekinah of glory that was hovering over the mercy seat of the, of the ark, and that only one priest every year could go in past that veil, that curtain, and go into that presence. That curtain that separated humanity, you and I, from God and His presence, tore, four inch thick, tore from top to bottom and ripped asunder and the glory of God came out. Into your car, onto the beach when you're laying there, sitting there and pondering creation. Because the Bible says in Romans, creation displays the glory of God. My neighbor said to me, totally unsaved, he's been through the war, don't mention God to him, not yet anyway. But he says, but when I look out the back of my yard and to the river, I feel peace. Because he's got this beautiful meandering river in the backyard. And he says, I feel peace. That's God. That's God, my friend. And we love it. It's good. You need it for your children. They won't be lonely even when they're by themselves. So Easter is a perfect time to talk about the cross. Ephesians 1.11, you don't mind a couple of scriptures, 1.11 to 12. It is in Christ. Now go back there, go back to Christ all the time. Keep going back to Him. You can do this little study, you can talk about this little uh, journey here and, and this uh, pet teaching there and stuff, but you've got to go back to the cross. 
Take communion every day if you have to, till you get back to the cross. It is in who? Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs for us, for our glorious living. Part of the overall purpose is he is working out in everything and everyone. Do you love the Message Bible? It's awesome. So we've had, um, what have we had? We've had the Last Supper, Thursday night. Um, the Anglicans did that. They had a silent communion. That was powerful. My neighbor was telling me about that. And then Good Friday that talks about the betrayal and the torture and, uh, and, and Jesus being crucified. And it's a reminder, but, of humanity. If you looked at the, especially the Mel Gibson, the Passion DVD, where you see the snarling, mocking, angry men, murderous, in fact. And we had a murder yesterday on the coast. And, oh, my heart goes out. But the cross and the ugliness of it is a reminder of the ugliness of humanity. It's a reminder of the ugliness of people at enmity with each other, nation against nation. The Koreans are going off now. They've got their missiles loaded. And, uh, you know, why is this? But the cross is a depiction of all this sin and angriness and hatred of people put onto Christ and all those whip marks and all that mocking and the spitting and the mocking and the ugliness. I thought... I thought that passion did that well because you could actually see the manifestation of the flesh and even the devil through the people. All taken upon him. Christ, all that stuff he took. He said, I'm going to take all that hatred. I'm going to take all that murder. I'm going to take all that mocking. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take every curse that, 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 that causes humanity to, to be pressed down and oppressed and butchered by sin. And so I thought I would talk about what our hope is, and I'll do that as quick as I can. The nature of our Christian hope, number one. You know in the beginning when God said, there is light, and there was chaos, there was darkness, but then there was light. And when you got saved, when you received the love, the forgiveness, and the grace, and bang, you went, oh, wow. You can have that today, by the way. If you're sitting here and you've not quite said yes to Jesus and acknowledge Jesus, we call that being born again. When your spirit, which is independent of God, until you say yes to Jesus, your spirit is running solo. I can do it. I will do it. I'm strong enough. I'm good enough. I'm clever enough. I'm good enough. You know, if you continue to do that, even the best of those people have found themselves broken down. That's why the story of Lance Armstrong is such a powerful story. Here's a guy, the supreme athlete of life. Here he is, and uh-oh, he's fallible, he's sinful, he's a man now broken down by this whole dilemma of a man that lied, that, that you know, that, that cheated. But Jesus, when we received him, it was awesome. And I believe this morning's message is about us having our hope rekindled, to have hope rekindled in our God, to be able to say to our friends and family, you know what, Jesus is. God is good. Church rocks. Kids love it. We love it. You need to get there and be in that presence. It's awesome. Um, Psalm 71 verse 5 would say it like this. For you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. But Psalm 130 verse 7 says, O Israel, 
Put your hope, and I would say to you, OC3, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with Him is full redemption. You can trust in God. You can trust in God on this first one of the nature of our Christian hope because it's about the nature, it's about the nature and the character of our Christ who represents God, who went to the cross. That is where our hope is. It's in the man Christ Jesus that paid a price for you. No greater love has a man than this that he would die for others. That's our saviour. That's our hope in our God, in our Christian faith. It's all about the character and the nature of our God. He is faithful. Psalm, and this is a paraphrase from Psalm 89, it says, you establish your faithfulness. Ollie, you are doing amazing with the junior youth, by the way. Our junior youth is absolutely going off because of the likes of Ollie Kincher, I think I pronounced your last name right. You, son, there's so much energy in junior youth at the moment. It's awesome. God, again, is wanting to encourage us. And here's this scripture that says in Psalm 89, you establish your faithfulness in heaven itself. You are mighty, O Lord, and your faithfulness surrounds you. Righteousness, say that, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne, love and faithfulness goes before you. Our prayer should be this in Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with, may you overflow. Who's been overflowing with a bit of enthusiasm this weekend? Hey, you guys from Sydney. Awesome. You always pop in, don't you, from Sydney. You enjoy this church? Praise God. You guys look like you're filled. Which church do you go to in Sydney? Well, sister, you need to lay hands on someone because you're, over, you're just overflowing, man. I hope that's not just wasting on the sidewalk when you're walking along and all that love is just... <laughs> man, you need to lay hands on the sick and the people, the lonely, the disenchanted and, and, and just because you're just pouring out the love of God. You've got ministry, I'll tell you that. I'll prophesy that over you. There's ministry in you, sister. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. I love that. And our prayer should be, may the God of hope, this is Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Two, our hope is in the freedom of the cross. And again, I said it's the nature and the character of our Christ going to the cross, paying for our sins and all that judgment, uh, all the guilt and the shame, it's all being paid for. We've been set free. Whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. That's what the cross represents for us. That our sins are forgiven, that our, that our healing can transpire now. By His stripes you've been healed. All that that's represented on the cross represents freedom. And we sang that song this morning, didn't we? Where the Spirit of the Lord, by the way, is there is freedom. There's a sense of freedom. So when you're in church and when you, be, when you go to join a church, make sure there's a sense of, man, I'm set free. Wow. Wow. There's something in this house of a sense of the cross and Christ promoting the idea that I am set free from shame, guilt, sin, darkness, debt, everything. I am set free. Does that happen when you come to this church? Does that actually happen? You go, oh my God, I thought I was depressed, but I must have been mistaken. It's all good. I thought I was broke, but actually, no. After hearing that testimony of Peter, I'm, I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. It all happens in the presence of God. 
I love that. Ephesians 2.4 says it like this, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, 2.5, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. See, the Bible says we're enslaved to sin. Do you know anyone who's enslaved to sin? Know anyone who's enslaved to sin? Oh, and they just can't break through. Addictions, whatever, whatever. Christ on the cross paid a price for them to be set free. It's an awesome thing. 2.6, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship. You are precious, my friend. You are not an accident. You're not just you know, model number 4789, you are, you are created person, a genius on two legs, able to do all things in Christ who strengthens you, able to turn around cities and nations if, you, if God so desires through you. You are magnificent. You are a creative genius. Just by your prayers, you can get people saved. You can change the atmosphere in situations. Your prayers can pray for our government leaders, the, 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 the kings in authority, your bosses at work. Your prayers are powerful. You are an awesome workmanship of God created for such a time as this. Now. You were born for now. We're going to drop Gail in there. You sure you're going to drop her in, man? She's quite bubbly, man. She's got a lot of love, man. I don't know if that church can handle her, man. No, we're going to drop her right in there. Woo! We're going to drop her on the central coast. There she goes. Woo! Three, hope in the resurrection. I won't continue. You can read to verse 210 in Ephesians. But hope three, hope in resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is God's promise for the future. And there's three things in there, quickly. It is a promise that holds three great hopes. One, the promise that God would ultimately renew the fallen creation and liberate it from the bondage to decay. Romans 8.20 says it like this, for the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice. I just thought of the barrier reef for some reason. There. It's dying, man. It's, quickly, go there and see it because it's perishing. For by the will of the one who subjected in hope, 21, that the creation itself will be liberated, that's us too, liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. Two, the promise that God will eventually bring all those who trust in Christ into their full liberty and renewal, the redemption of our bodies. That's spiritually and physically. Who needs a bit of that? Who needs redemption? Who needs renewal, revival in your spiritual body, but your physical body? But just put up your hand. Come on, let's do some faith stuff here. Who needs to be revived? Who's been out on the back paddocks? Who's been, come on. That's good. Transforming, transformation, morally, spiritually. Uh, three, the promise that God, through the Holy Spirit, will enable us right now. So through the cross, as I said before, the Holy Spirit's been released for us to be transformed. It's a beautiful thing. And in fact, I like it like this. When God spoke in the beginning, let there be light, when Christ died on the cross, that same creative power was released from the cross to the church, to you and I. Did you get that? 
chaos, darkness in the beginning. God spoke, but when Jesus died on the cross, the power of God was released to recreate, to recreate our cities. Imagine Wyong bustling with life. Imagine the coast full, the church is full of people. People loving God, worshiping God. That's what happened from the cross. The power of God was released to recreate, reinvent, redeem. Let's pray for these other things. For hope and the Holy Spirit. Lord God, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit who now dwells within us. John 14 says, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Gracious God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. Gracious God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that you deposited in us when we were saved. And now, Lord God, you surround us with your love. That, Lord, you lead us into our best days yet. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. That's our hope in the Holy Spirit. Four, five, being bearers of hope. Let's pray again. Lord God, show us how to be bearers of your resurrection hope to those around us. Lord, light up our lives. Light up our lives so that we can love this broken world. Because you know what? Because if you've seen the challenges in life and the ugliness of life, you've seen Jesus crucified and you've seen the brokenness of the world, but you've shrunk back. You might have said, I, I just can't deal with it. I need to find a little safe haven. And you know what? I see people build, building very nice houses to create their little heavens, their little heaven. And they plonk themselves and their family. And they may think it'll be all right. And they even say to their kids, it'll be all right. But can I tell you as a pastor, you need to be a little bit more objective than that. You need to realize the challenges on the planet because one day your child's got to go to school one day your child's got to go into the world, into the marketplace. One day. You cannot create heaven in your man-made structures. Our hope, our hope is in God. Jesus said it like this, Matthew 5, 14, You are the light of the world, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Paul says it like this. He says, shine like stars in the darkness of our culture. Philippians 2, 14 to 16. In the darkness of our culture as we hold out the word of life. Shining stars. Six, being a community of hope. Let this church point people to our hope in God and the hope of the kingdom. When people come here, even right now, they're going, maybe he's right. Maybe my house, my career, even my good looks, maybe this is not all of my life. Maybe there is a void in my life. Maybe I need to go for more, believe for more. I'm not completely happy. I know I'm not. What is it? Jesus said he's the bread of life supernatural truth will enter your being and you will be fed and I'm telling you nothing of this world will touch it not a Maserati a Ferrari a holiday in Italy 
whatever you can think, a five, six, ten bedroom house. I'm telling you, there's people who've had that stuff. Jim Carrey goes on record by saying, I wish everyone was famous and had a pile of money and, and, and like me and realize it doesn't add up to happiness. Jim Carrey said that. Imagine that. We need to pray for Jim. He needs to get saved. Tragically, guys like him. Colossians 3.12, the Word of God says, and Paul says, the church should be like this. Colossians 3.12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. This is talking about now the church coming together. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach. That's what I'm doing right now. And admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, that's what we've done and we're going to do, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Verse 17, it talks about how we should live and how we should treat each other. Verse 17 says, and whatever you do, whatever in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through the Father through him and seven the last one hope and the great banquet and you see there's a picture of the metaphor that reoccurs in the Bible of this banquet that Jesus talks about and it's in the Old Testament it's in the New Testament and he talks about when it's fully realized when there's peace on the world and everything submitting to God in his kingdom that talks about in Isaiah 25 verse 6 on this mountain the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all the peoples a banquet of aged wine the best of meats and the finest of wines 25 verse 7 and on this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all the peoples that sheep that covers all nations meaning that that veil over their mind over their eyes over their heart it's going to be finally released off them. Verse 8, he will swallow up death forever. Who's happy for that? The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all the faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people from the earth. The Lord has spoken. And I've got to read this scripture. Revelations 19.6. And we can put the communion out. Please pass the communion out, please. Yeah. Revelations 19 verse 6. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud pearls of thunder shouting hallelujah for our Lord God is almighty and he reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, amen? For the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. Then the angel said to me, verse 9, Write, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he said, these are the true words of the Lord. And if you go into the New Testament, Luke 14 and Matthew 22, you can see where Jesus said, invite everyone. Invite the destitute, the hungry, the poor. Invite the people that are not goody-two-shoes and righteous and being in church all the days of their life. Invite them all. Jesus said, invite them, on all. invite them all. Invite the people that are out there. 
So with that, Lord, we come before you and celebrate this Easter, this Easter. Oh, God. Just ponder with that communion in your hand. Ponder the hope that you have in Christ, in God. All that we have now and all that we will have in the final supper of the Lamb is in Christ Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your body that was bruised, that was crushed, that was broken, that was scourged, mocked and whipped for us. Your body that was a living sacrifice. We hold this communion in our hand. Communing, communion means communing with God. Lord, help me commune with you right now in the power of your spirit, Lord. Help me understand the more of the cross, of your sacrifice on the cross. Let it drop into my spirit as I take this communion. I honor you with this communion. Lord, with this wine that represents your blood that was shed for my sin, Dear God, I thank you for the blood that overcomes every sin, every curse, every injury to my body, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Every injury to my body can be healed by the blood of Christ. By the cross of Calvary, your body can be healed. The curse that tries to follow you through the generations, the curse the iniquities, the besetting sins that try and follow you can be broken off your life through the blood of Christ. So with that communion, with the bread, and with the, the wine, the, the juice that represents His blood, let's all stand and let's say, God, in Your presence this Easter, the most important date in the spiritual calendar, would you lift up your communion like this, my friend? And would you look to Jesus with eyes closed just for a moment, ponder the risen Lord, ponder Christ. He has risen and He sits at the right hand of the Father. He's, he, he, the Bible says He intercedes for you, for your best life, for you to be intimately related to Him. Re Christianity is not about a philosophy. It's not about a bunch of rules. It's about a divine, intimate relationship with God, the creator of the universe, and Jesus, who is your savior, your loving lover of your soul, your king, your master, your shepherd of your soul, Jesus Christ, who paid a massive price for you to be intimately related to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Why don't you right now, with faith in your hearts, Take this communion with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Right now, let's do that in Jesus' name. The bread first. Let's take that right now. In your presence, Lord, we thank you this Easter. And with the juice, the blood that was shed for your sins, for you not to be guilty, shamed, or embarrassed to be with God or meet with God 
why don't you take that with me right now and be empowered with forgiveness, be empowered with grace, be empowered with love as you take it right now. With eyes closed in the house right now, my time is gone, but I would love to offer a short prayer for anyone in the house that feels their heart beating, that feels their mind is open to acknowledge God, that feel they beckon from heaven itself. Angels are around you, my friend. You may have never done this before, but this is about you acknowledging God. Shut your eyes. If you have a friend next to you who's a Christian, you can whisper to them and help them understand what I'm trying to do here. But I'm trying this to get you across the threshold of your mortal life into eternal life. I would love to pray for you. We call this being born again. It's your spirit being joined to God. Your spirit will be born into God's spirit. We call it being born again. You'll look to the, look to the Lord and He will provide for you and protect you and you'll feel the sunshine of His love on your days forevermore. I'm not talking about rules and regulations. I'm not talking about getting all religious. I'm talking about walking with God in the cool of the day and hearing His voice and Him leading you and guiding you into your best life. If you want Him to protect you, if you want Him to preserve you, if you want Him to speak to you through your dreams and visions, if you want your best life, you need to acknowledge the cross of Calvary. You need to realize the price He's paid and you need Christ as your Savior. If you want to acknowledge Him this morning, I will pray for you through a 30-second prayer that will supernaturally usher you into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of the Son He loves, Jesus. So right now, with faith in your hearts, be courageous. Just like if you had to walk down the aisle to be married, you have to be public about this. You have to acknowledge God publicly. Just like when I walked down the aisle, or Julie walked down the aisle, I should say to me, and she said, I do. Maybe that's you this morning. You simply need to say, I do. Rededication, if you've done this previous, but now you're just feeling like, ah, oh, things have cut in on me. I've lost my hope. I've got, I've got deluded by church and Christianity. I, I, got, I got distracted. I got caught up in my big house. I got caught up in my big wage. I got caught up in my looks. I got caught up in something. But right now, I want to refocus on the Lord because looks won't last forever. Riches won't last forever. Power won't last forever. Fame won't last forever. Holy Ghost, right now, we declare there's salvation in the house. This morning and tonight, please bring your friends tonight. Salvation is in the house. But if that's you, on the count of three, eyes closed in the house, I need to see your hand on the count of three. One, everyone in the house begin to pray. Pray like you've never prayed before. Two, two, pray, pray, pray. And on the count of three, would you just slip your hand up from the front to the back, to this side, to this side. Would you just slip your hand up? This is a first time commitment or an acknowledgement, a re-acknowledgement of Jesus. I would love to pray for you right where you stand. Our time is gone, but I need to do this. Please don't walk out of this church without that confidence of knowing God. Knowing God. If this is you, you've stumbled in here, you don't know how, you don't even know how you got here, but you just simply need to maybe this morning say, yes, Jesus, I value what you did for me. I acknowledge what you did for me. I trust what you did for me. I believe in what you did for me. Father God, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he walked the earth, performed miracles, 
died on the cross for my sin. Forgive me, Lord, of all my sin. Wash me clean. Set me free. Come to live in my heart. I turn my back on darkness and I look to the light. I look to the truth. I look to the way of Jesus Christ. Lead me, Holy Spirit, into my best life. Lead me through the cross and into my promised land of my best life. Great family, great health, prospering, glad to be alive, great hope in you. That's what your best life is. And I bless you on that note. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Plus.